Welcome to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion. My guest today is Kevin Brooks, a principal digital strategist for DoD in the U.S. intelligence community at ServiceNow. Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time today. Hey, thanks, Jason, for having me. I appreciate it. Let me set just a little bit of context for our discussion. Over the last 20 months, every agency, every business really, has experienced major changes to their workplace. I don't need to tell you just how different your office is today than it was pre-pandemic. The other thing agencies, and again, really all organizations, need to continually assess and address is the well-being of those employees. The annual Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey, or FEVS, found a 3.9% increase in employee engagement scores over the last year. This is 2020. Employees collectively scored agencies 86.1 points with the support they received during the pandemic and their work unit's ability to deliver on mission. That's pretty good news for 2021. Now, as we move into fiscal 22, agencies must find ways to continue to improve their employee engagement scores as remote work, virtual meetings, and the like remain more of the norm as employees work in this hybrid environment. In fact, research from the Partnership for Public Service and Boston Consulting Group found successful agencies have a culture of integration that helps employees build their skills and professional networks. Researchers also say having a defined career path and a connection to mentors helps create successful relationships with the agency. Now, underlying all of this is data and technology, of course, to help agencies drive toward their overall goal of creating a healthy workplace. How we're going to, how agencies can continue to create that healthy workplace? Well, that's where Kevin Brooks the principal digital strategist for DOD in the U.S. intelligence community at ServiceNow is going to come in and tell us. So oh, yeah. Kevin, I don't need to tell you about the workforce changing and how, how different it is today, but there's also other pieces and parts that are also creating this change beyond the pandemic. What are you seeing? What, what, why is the expectation changing from, uh, from employees? Uh, a lot of things. So obviously the pandemic, pandemic was the largest one, but uh, generational shifts. So as millennials and Gen Z's become more a part of the workforce, they have a different expectation of what their work experience should be. Uh, they're much more interested in experiential uh, things than monetary things. So if they have a good working environment, they're more likely to become, come to a company or to stay with a company. And that's extremely important in the federal space because obviously federal agencies can't outspend the private sector when it comes to talent acquisition. They actually have to elevate their experiences so that you're not making a sacrifice of quality of work life and quality of uh, financial security to work for the federal government. And at least if you do that, you have the opportunity to play on people's sense of duty and call to duty. Um, that workplace experience really matters uh, and, and technology can really help because it can help bridge that employee and that manager relationship, which is very critical because um, we finally started talking about how people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad bosses. <laughs> and so, you know, we have this clash of cultures where boomers and Gen X leaders are struggling to adapt to the hybrid workforce. They're used to seeing you, being able to kind of reach out and touch you, you know, uh, as we call it in the Pentagon when I worked there was it's drive-by tasking. <laughs> you have, they're used to that. Employees aren't and don't want to have that. They want to have a much more predictable uh, work life. And that's how, you know, digital transformation can help do that. Now, as a member of the Gen X group here, and, and Kevin, you may be too, or you may be on the cusp of millennialness, I don't know. 
but I, I resent the fact you tell me I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in my old world. I thought that was my parents' world that they wanted people there and had to see it. Now I'm there too. Help me understand something though, because I want to get into the technology and the data piece in a second. But what are you seeing when you talk to clients, government clients within the DOD sector, within the US intelligence community, they've been on the, that cutting edge because there's always a new group of younger people coming in. Have they been seeing this trend over the years and adjusting or they've been seeing it, but maybe not adjusting? What, what are the trends you're seeing? Yeah, so they've been seeing it and not adjusting. It's really to try and they're applying old tools to new generations. And yes, I'm a Gen Xer myself. So I, 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 it pains me to say those things about my fellow Gen X because I think we're special. But <laughs> we have not really modernized our approach. It's really been, this is how the agency does it. This is our culture. This is how we do things. You need to adjust to how we're doing it. They're finally starting to realize that's not going to be tenable going forward. They have to start to adjust how they're doing a business in order to attract talent in the future and retain that talent. You know, today there is a, you know, yes, there is a huge, it's a workers, it's a workers environment. That's what I'm trying to get to. It is a workers environment. And the federal government and the federal agencies are no different. They have to compete for that talent. And they've, you know, just got to kind of get to the point of we can't go back to where we used to be to do business. This inflection point has to really grow into something more than just a, a 24 month flash in the pan that we had to do something because it was an excellent circumstance. It has to become a different way of doing business. What's interesting, I think, about this is attracting talent is one thing. I think the federal government, generally speaking, will always be able to attract. I think it's the retaining of talent that's key here. Because I think once you get people in and you get them trained, that's, that's a huge investment. And if they leave after three years or five years or, or even after 10 years, that investment, you don't necessarily get a, a huge payback on that investment. What can, what can be done to, to kind of address both the attraction, the, the, the recruitment side, but also the retainment side of, of really key people, whether it's cyber or contracting or wherever? Yep. So that's when we come into the elevated you know, employee experience. How do you connect and build culture through a digital platform? When you have employees who are working through disparate locations, they may be at a, a separate site. They may be working from their kitchen table. They may be working from the beach in Florida. We don't know where they're working, but how do you connect with them to build culture? And that is a key thing. Uh, one way to do that is gonna be senior leader engagement via technology, using Zoom for more than just meetings or you know whatever, digital platform you use for communication and video conferencing. Maybe have a host a happy hour. And this is kind of crazy stuff, but it's really re-recruiting. You have to re-recruit talent. So you have to make them feel a part of the mission, part of the and part of the organization through by raising the cultural bar through through, through technology. Sorry. Um, and how do you do that? So we can get that in a few minutes about some more tools for that, but you really have to build your push culture and connectiveness through uh, digital means. And that's the way to re-recruit. It's interesting when you talk about this re-recruitment side of it, because somebody who says, okay, I've worked there for three years, five years, I start to get a little antsy. How do you continue to evolve them? And, and you could see, you could lay out, it's easy to lay out a career path. Okay, here's, if you do this, you'll do this. But, it, but I think that's where also this technology platform has to come in to say, yep. now here, go get your training. Here, go get, find a mentor and connect with the mentor. That's, that's where that, the technology and the data can kind of underlie it all. Absolutely. So we're working on new, new, uh, new technology all the time. So the industry is, is, is doing that. Uh, one of the things we're doing at ServiceNow is we're, we're leaning into something we call 
you know, journey management. And uh, with journey management, it gives the supervisor and the employee uh, tools to help them navigate their career, their career journey. Uh, and it starts with onboarding and having a smoother onboarding process to what we call journey accelerator. It's where the manager can create a customized role-based plan for each employee, which shows that personal touch. And they can use that to organize activities and tasks to personalize that employee's experience. Uh, listening posts where we capture their feedback in a more consistent manner, rather than just having a annual employee survey, these little listening posts goes out every once, a, every once in a while, whatever periodic cycle you wanna use it on, and you're able to get the employee's feedback. Uh, we do the same thing for learning posts where we can elevate that training environment for that individual employee, or an experience pack where HR can build a, a set of experiences for a particular work group if we know people are coming in. And that works really well with interns or, or, or uh, fellows. And then life cycle events. So working through tough times as a unit uh, is something we'd love, we wanna make sure we do as well. So those are some of the things we're done talking about as far as keeping those employees on board. And really what you're doing, what all of this is, whether it's that platform or just more generally the re-recruitment side, the happy hours, is all about employee care and support, ensuring that they feel like they're part of the team, not yep. just, you're, you're not just told you're part of the team, but you actually, there's, there's a, a better feeling. Yeah, there are about four areas that we think, you know, that in discussion with customers, uh, both in and out of the government, that really jump out when you start to aggregate uh, employee care, employee well-being. One is that you just hit on right there was employee care and support. How do you take care of employees and make sure they feel supported and cared for across the continuum of their employment? And how do you give them visibility to activities and internal and external resources? Uh, climate and culture, which we touched on a little bit earlier as well. So you wanna clearly communicate your organizational values, expectations, and then enable employees to participate in those things, those discussions and those activities that help elevate the culture. Um, and then when things do go sideways, either you know poor performance or something happens interpersonal between employees, how do you reduce those things? And then finally, accountability. How do you address them if they actually do happen? So those are the kind of the four touchstones we've been finding as we talk, review literature, and listen to our customers. Let's maybe take a half a step back and dig into them a little bit because I think okay. one of the important things here is you're seeing this in the private and the public sector. So yeah. Usually you hear about employees and, and, and how the, the care and support side is really driven by the private sector. You're starting to see this in the government side too. If there's any anecdotes or examples, even state and local, where are you seeing this happening? So I think state and local is doing a little bit better job than the federal for now. Uh, but we have a few, few clients out there who are starting to use our listening posts and we're working with them to uh, the, the surveys are the best part. So, you know, like li listening posts and those employee surveys are where we're finding the, the most traction today uh, because they're the easiest to implement. And they replace an archaic system of, you know, everyone, every year you get a 70 question questionnaire and you fill it out or you don't and the return rate's low. A three question, four question snapshot you have to take from you first log on their computer in the morning, that's easy to fill out. It's more current and it gives you much more actionable data in real time. So that's one of the first things I think the federal government is starting to do and starting to embrace. Uh, they're also looking at employee care a little bit more. They've got a great, the federal government has a great uh, EAP, 
an employee wellness plan, if you will, but it's not, it's, it's desperately used. It's not well understood. And most of the time you can't access it from your work system. It's something you have to access by phone, through a separate website. And that's one of the things I think employees want is to be able to access employer provided benefits on an employer provided platform. And we really, that's where we're having a lot of conversations with Charos about, hey, how can you elevate your employee experience with the stuff you already do? Not new stuff, let's just bring it all together in a portal to make it easier for them to access while they're at work, whether that work is at their kitchen table or in your office in downtown DC. The surveys are interesting because when you do these quick polls, okay, how do you feel about this? What do you see about this? What concerns you about vaccines coming back to work? You pick the topic. The next step is, okay, what are you going to do when, with that information? Does that, does the, does our agencies understanding what to do with that information once they get it? Because a lot of times you get, you know, analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis. Yeah, I think so. It depends on the question and the agency, but I think for the most part, yeah, they're starting to understand what to do with it. Some of them take that information and just ask better questions of what they're doing and their process. They challenge that process they're doing. Others where we've seen a lot of, you know, change that comes out of surveys is the return to work plan. They have altered the return to work plans based on what the employees have told them. Some agencies have extended work from home. Some have modified the uh, requirements for coming back into the office. So that's where we've seen the most impact in the short term is, hey, let's modify these plans. Folks aren't comfortable. Let's figure this out. Other places where it is, is you know, elevating those, um, those I wouldn't say benefit, the, the non-tangible benefits. So, you know, allowing those folks who do have to come back still some flexibility in their work schedule. So, hey, you got to come back to the office. We'll pick, let you pick the days and you can pick anything from these core hours and figure out where you're going. So addressing immediate employee needs has been something they have actually listened to. And they've taken that data that they can't action right away. And they're looking at their long-term plans for that. I think that's key to, to really make the adjustments, make sure the employees see that you're, you're listening to them and hearing them and making the adjustments. Kevin, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. You're okay. listening to the discussion, Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. This past year saw the digitization of government service massively accelerated. The goal of digital transformation is deliver intuitive, efficient, and secure services to employees and citizens. ServiceNow delivers cloud-based service management and operation solutions built on the Now platform. ServiceNow helps federal IT leaders gain greater visibility into systems and data to reimagine work within their agency, foster best practices, and develop a faster, better way to achieve their mission. Learn more. Visit servicenow.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Kevin Brooks, the Principal Digital Strategist for DoD and U.S. Intelligence Community at ServiceNow. Kevin, before break, we were talking a lot about this employee engagement piece, how to ensure that, that they uh, have some care and feeding and important things about employees. The other thing we hear time and again is, is the need for the, the change of the culture. And while that is a common refrain, I think, in technology or not, this change in culture really leads us down the path of, of the experience side and what, what are employees experiencing and then how does that relate to kind of what citizens are experiencing? And we have this whole UX, CX discussion. How does that kind of bring it all together? Because agencies have to care about not just their citizens, but their employees and, and the experience that they're all having. Yeah. So starting with employees, so extending culture out 
through a digital platform uh, can be as simple as like we mentioned earlier, having the agency head do an all hands call on a platform like this and have all the folks chime in at the same time for an hour and listen to what he has to say about where we're going in the next three months and charting a path. It's something as simple as that or some of the technology tools we talked about earlier where we, your manager engages with you. Uh, but where I think the intersection of CX and EX comes in really is employees want to do a good job for the American citizen. They want to help fellow citizens. They want to have the tools to do that. So you, by elevating the, the, the EX and the CX simultaneously, you get a better project because they're actually inextricably, inextricably linked. And I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, in the experience economy, the memories, emotions, and feelings that customers take away are ultimately matter the most. So if your citizens are satisfied with the service and quality of service they got, your agency will have a much higher standing in their eyes and therefore you'll have more popular support. And that's kind of bottom line on that. But so a digital building block of CX will help with your employees well-being because it comes to their feeling better about their job. Hey, I feel I work for an agency that people like. You know, it's if you can elevate the experience and get Americans to like the IRS, that would be a huge win. <laughs> Imagine how employees the IRS would feel if they were now beloved. <laughs> Their morale would go up. Um, CX also gives those employees the opportunity to feel more connected to the organization because the, they're, they're now giving better customers. So it's customers being better satisfied, helps the organizational standing within the eyes of the employees themselves. Um, CX is increasingly, is increasingly determined by the EX. So you take that a step further, you construct your EX to provide the right work environment for the employees to build outstanding CX. So, and then the final thing of that is uh, in the COVID world, our digital interactions uh, are undergoing a significant shift in how customers engage employees at work. So you're, the engagement between the two are much more digitally driven. So you have to have a good CX in order for those customers to engage appropriately with your employees. And they need a good experience as well on their side to ensure they're doing the same thing going in reverse. It's easy to capture data on a CX platform, but if there's no workflow behind it on the EX platform, the level of service does not go up. And that really, as a former Fed, I'll tell you, I hated going home at the end of the day thinking I didn't do my job well because of the tools that I had. Not because of my effort, but because of the tools in my hand. So I think it's very important to do that. It's, this is a fascinating path we're down. And let me just go down a little further because I think we hear about customer experience all the time and user experience, and it's really focused externally. But the fact that how, as you so well put the, the connection between customer experience and, and employee experience matters. If you feel good about what you've done and you see the results of what you've done, you feel better about your agency. Why is that, why is that connection not being made as often as we, maybe it should? Or, and maybe I'm making an assumption here, it is, we just don't see it. Um, well, I think it's made mostly because, or not made, because digital transformations as a whole leave the people element out of it. We, there is so much to do in transforming federal IT. You know, it's like eating that 800 pound elephant. Uh, that data tells us that the CX and the EX always come last. So we just haven't gotten there. You know, it's, it's how do I get a widget produced faster? Not how do I help an employee or a customer connect faster? 
That's probably the first thing. Uh, secondly, it's hard. It's, it's hard to do both at the same time and understanding the needs of your customer. When technology is changing so fast and the consumer electronic side is just racing at light speed, we're always looking for the best solution rather than a good solution. I think we're letting, we're letting perfect be the enemy of good in a lot of these cases, rather than just using you know, industry standards and starting to build from that position. So I think it's just kind of that, it's not negligence, it's just so much to do. And I think sometimes folks just get vapor locked. It feels like the pandemic, however, has refocused that citizen experience, that user experience, because so much thing, so much moved online, you were forced out of that, the face-to-face meetings. You see this, for instance, at the Veterans Affairs Department with their telehealth, something like 12.5 million telehealth visits over the last year. You yeah. see places like the Social Security Administration, which you know, had to move all those meetings online and, and they're you know, starting to get back in person. Is it those agencies like the IRS you mentioned, like SSA, like VA, like some of those that, that have that everyday meeting with the citizens, with their customers, that, that's where this has to maybe start. And then it can kind of trickle, if you will, backwards into a place like maybe uh, commerce who maybe doesn't have a, a, a everyday meeting with their clients. So they may argue that they do. Yeah, I think it starts there. I think it starts with Customs and Border Agent Patrol, you know, or the State Department passports. I mean, it's anywhere there's a big workflow and there's a direct citizen services that you could com- compare to you know, consumer services is where I'd start. So it should be easy for me to get a passport. I should be able to do most of that work and enter most of that data before even going to a passport office. You know, it, and have an engagement tool where I can do, and all I do now is verify it. Similar to I do my TSA. I verify everything from my pre-check before I get to pre-check and I just have to go show them the physical documents. So that's a system that actually works. Why can't we do that with other things and commodify that a little bit more? Or even better, why not? We just uh, beg, bar, and steal from each other and, and not reinvent the wheel. But that's a whole that, different that would be that would be Nirvana. <laughs> that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into cloud security. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for next show. Um, yeah. I want to want to tag back to something we were talking about earlier that I think is also part of this is if you have a good customer experience, you have a good employee experience, you also don't have to deal with this uh, re-recruiting as often, or, or re-recruiting becomes a little bit easier. And, and what these platforms and and the data analysis can show us is when there potentially are going to be problems. It's very much like succession planning. Uh Uh-oh, we have a group of people who could leave soon because they're getting to be retirement age. They're you and me, Generation X, and maybe we're all going to retire early. How how can agencies use this platform, the data, the analysis to get ahead of the potential challenge? Well, that's actually a very good question. And so I think that uh, agencies could start to build their key, their KSAs they need for certain leadership positions or certain uh, highly desired positions where they have critical needs and start building those, the, um, a knowledge base with real-time data on what their current staff looks like, what their ideal staff looks like, what skills they need and start to monitor that. And going back to like the conversation we had about the listening posts, then those other leaders, those next level managers are able to uh, mentor and guide and direct folks into a direction they may want to go. Uh, uh, one example is that is if I want to build a, a Charo at VA, what skills do I need for a Charo at VA? And which of my current employees have those skills? How many of them have that skill? How do I get more people who have that skill and, or skill set? And do I even want to hire from within? Do I need external you know, so talent? Do, are too many of my senior executives too long tenured in my agency. 
That's all kinds of data that we can pull in that we have at our disposal. Um, I, I want to say that uh, this is more military specific, but DMDC collects the Defense uh, Data Management Agency has over 1,000 data elements on people who are in the DOD, in personnel, just 1,000 personnel data elements. If we were able to get that data to the surface and start to figure out how to actually mine it, we could probably do a lot of things from a talent management perspective because all the data we really need probably is resident somewhere in one of those systems. <laughs> that's kind of crazy, a thousand <laughs> different elements. And yeah. that's just, that's just, I know it's DOD, so everything's bigger there, right? Yeah. But, but, but I think you're right. That knowledge base, does this kind of tag also back to this idea of succession planning? I think I mentioned it earlier. There, a lot of agencies just aren't very good at this. It's very hard to do. It's very, it's time consuming. It's, it's, it's just not in the front of their mission. But I think what we've learned during the pandemic and, and just it kind of shined a brighter light on it is the people matter. And if you don't have the right people at the right time, you have a lot more trouble meeting mission. Yeah, no, I, th I think absolutely. I think session planning is, is often overlooked and I think it needs more uh, attention. Um, you know, I think my background is in that. Uh, so it's kind of a passion of mine. Jason, I'm a, I'm a talent management geek. I think that there are a couple of different things that agencies need to take a look at going forward. One, what is your current workforce look like? And is it constructed for what you needed to do in the future? Two, do you have the capacity to train that workforce to be what you want in the future? And do you have the time and the bandwidth? And three, where are your other pools of access, or access to talent if you don't have them? Those are three big things the federal government can do today. That, but, but like you said earlier, it takes work. It is not something that you can just rubber stamp. And really, if you think about automation, that's the thing that we probably shouldn't automate. AI can assist it, but it should be one of those people kind of things. But if we can automate simple tasks, that's one of the hard tasks we want to put our brains to. And that simple task can just be collecting that data. It can be putting that data in the right buckets or taking those thousand personnel data yeah. <laughs> elements and understanding what the trends are among them and then using your brain to go from there. Absolutely. Kevin, we're just about out of time before I let you go. What's, what do you, from, from your perspective, what's the big takeaway from our conversation today? When you talk to your government clients, what, what's the message you want to make sure they get about this talent management, the, the care and feeding, the, the importance of their employees? Uh, we're at an inflection point. COVID kind of drove the federal government to make some fa decisions faster. Things that are probably coming, but they had to get there sooner. Don't go back. Don't go back. This is, this is, this is an inflection point. We have an opportunity to actually keep the pedal down and go. You've got a like we talked about, you have a two restive generations coming into the workforce. They're going to have different expectations. You've got jet extras like us who think we're technical. So, hey, we are, we're willing to roll with it. So as we rise to uh, more senior levels, use us and use that, that the opportunity that COVID's provided to uh, actually elevate your transformations and keep going. And I think that inflection point is, is really key. We, we hear that time and again with technology, but I think it's a different type of inflection point where it's a people, it's a process, it's a tech, it's all of the above, not just one or the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kevin, I very much enjoyed this conversation today. Unfortunately, we are out of time. So let me thank my guest. Kevin Brooks is the principal <laughs> digital strategist for DOD in the U.S. intelligence community at ServiceNow. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time today. Hey, thanks, Jason. I enjoyed it. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation. 
Thank you for listening to the Innovation and in Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.